0: Oh what?
1: hello, these, you're these loud. Sound
0: so terrible.
1: I don't know what to tell you.
0: It sound it sounds like I like it sounds like I'm coming over the PA at a club, but I'm in the next room over. Like, I don't understand so the problem
1: with that. Are you you don't like
0: <laughs> I don't like I should be hearing my voice in my own head like the way that it normally sounds. Yeah. And
1: I got news for you. This is how your voice sounds to me. Like I'm in a club and I'm hearing you make an announcement from the next room over. You know, it's actually the perfect description of the timbre of your voice.
0: Well, see, I think that's just because you always just slam the door in my face when I start talking. (laughs) So
1: every time you talk to me, you are literally talking to me from the next room over.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, We'll see how long I can survive like this.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the Life Plus God podcast. My name is Alyssa Robinson, and I am here with one of my co-hosts, Aaron Willis. Tis me. Yes. Welcome back, our favorite co-host. Favorite? Yes. Oh,
0: no. Yes. That's not good.
1: You're just, you're one of us. You're one of the people.
0: That, that That's nice. You it don't feels have nice that, to belong. Yeah,
1: you don't have that reverend in front of your name.
0: I do not. Uh, if
1: anything, it is irreverent, Aaron Willis. <laughs>
0: Uh, I am the antithesis thereof, no, uh, not at all yeah i i I don't think I've been certified for anything in my life, frankly, so it's I'm just keeping that going, yeah, keeping the trend
1: in honor of that, let's talk about something we have absolutely no authority to talk about
0: <sighs> again <laughs> <laughs> why w- why are we here
1: yeah, so this month or a couple of months, cause we're in the middle of Lent. Uh, as many of you know, we podcast out of Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. And in Lent, we have this theme called restoration and it is not the home improvement kind of restoration, love it or list it sort of thing. <laughs> I love all the HGTV shows. I, I, I do, I do. Um, But it is about spiritual, emotional, mental restoration, which is a much bigger conversation and something that Aaron and I are trying to figure out what it means.
0: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what it means in the context of like maybe a global sense of restoration. And then what it means like more internally to me is a sense of restoration. And I, I, I know that second one, but the first one, it's like, wow, that's a, that's a big concept.
1: Yeah. So, well, let's go ahead and, and jump right in because you kind of started leaning into my first question a little bit. Okay. When you hear the word restoration, what comes to mind?
0: You emailing me about this episode of the podcast
1: and saying, oh no.
0: <laughs> oh no. Uh, what is the subject? No. So, restoration, um, you know, from the Latin to restore. No, I am just kidding.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I was about to lose
2: it.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. You got me. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, the, the concept of restoring something, there can be so many layers to that, um, I- including like I just got from my, uh, my mom and my stepdad's house, I got my sled from when I was a little kid that was actually my dad's sled from when he was a little kid. And it's really interesting because it's been so banged up, you know, over the years. And it's like when I got it, it was covered in, you know, cobwebs and, you know, grass from the lawn, the leaf blower and all that kind of stuff. And so it's functional. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It works. You know, the the little steering piece still turns the skids and everything like that or skates. I don't know exactly what those are called down there because i'm from the south i don't know all the sled terminology so looking at that sled there is um i could talk about you know there are some parts that are a little bit loose but it's still really functional i could talk about like maybe restoring the functionality but leaving the way that it looks because it's all worn down the red paint on all the metal parts is kind of patinaed and or coming off and then it had, you know, graphics silk-screened on it, and those are all kind of worn into the wood, so now the grain of the wood is visible. And so you look at it and it's kind of like, "Oh, well, sure, I could sand this down and I could repaint the skids and stain or varnish the wood and do all that stuff." But that would only be restoring it cosmetically. But it also works. So <laughs> like, thinking of restoration. You know, you said emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, kind of manifesting those different um, those different kind of contexts for it. All of that pops into my head when we start talking about restoration. And then the question is, what, how do we talk about that on a podcast?
1: <laughs> I was hoping you'd know.
0: No, uh, not at all. I Googled it like 15 minutes before we started and it was no help. <laughs>
1: So I really like the the sled uh comparison to restoration because I am very much in my home I'm very much a minimalist. Like I don't own a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of clothes. Spring cleaning is my favorite time because I love throwing things out. Like I love purging myself of stuff, but there are a few pieces of furniture that have deep sentimental value to me because it was my great grandmothers Mm. or it was the desk that my grandmother learned to read and write on or Mm -hmm. something that was passed down to me. um, And, I think a lot about I've it's come up time and time again. I've owned these things for years and like, Oh, maybe I should restore them because I'll say like the desk that I have was painted, you know, olive green Mm -hmm. years ago because people did that in the sixties. And so there's all these little things, but it, for me, it's part of the story. And so when I think of restoration, it's, Working on something, working on yourself, if we're looking at it in the spiritual sense, but also like bringing all of the history with it, bringing Mm -hmm. all of the sentimental value with it and not losing what got you to that point. Um, And so what I don't think restoration is, maybe that's the easier way to talk about it. What I don't think when we're talking about spiritual restoration is exactly what you said of like, God is taking that sled, sanding it down, restaining it, repainting it, covering up all of the flaws. So it looks like a brand new sled that was built in the year 2022. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like that doesn't feel like restoration to me because it feels like you're doing a disservice to the history and the love and the wear and tear that's gone into that peace. And so I feel the same way about humanity of like, restoration doesn't mean taking me back to who I was before. It means loving and accepting all of me for who I am now, all of my thoughts, but uh, trusting and leaning in to what God has in store for my future. But I still don't know if that's a complete answer. Like, I'm not sure.
0: Well, so there's this... uh, to 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 stay in the concept of restoration detached from application let's just say there's a great um kind of i don't know if it's a thought experiment or whatever called the ship of theseus do you know have no. you heard of this i really love it because it's it's one of those things that um i was i don't know that it speaks particularly to restoration, but you were talking about not losing what we have been or, and or accomplished up until this point, but how do we continue? So that the idea of the, of the ship of Theseus is you have this ship of, um, is, is he Persian? I don't, I don't remember his origin or Greek, please forgive me, but there's his battleship that he used. And, uh, it's, it's parked in the in the in the harbor now, docked there, and over the years it it, it sits there not getting used. So the the shipmakers go in and they replace a board, for instance, because it's it's you know rotting or uh, it had a hole blown in it by a cannon or whatever, and uh, so you go through and you replace this one board and you replace the nails that hold that board in, and then you go. And replace another board. And then maybe because you've hammered all these nails in, one of the ribs of the um, bow needs to be replaced. And bit by bit by bit over many, many years, you begin to replace every bit of the ship of Theseus. In the end.
1: And so the question is, is it still the ship of Theseus? Now,
0: here's the great thing. The, the thought experiment takes that one step further,
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay? Let's say that you saved all of the original pieces because you didn't want to destroy them or get rid of them. And the restored ship of Theseus is sitting in the harbor, and you take all of the original components. Now they've dried out. They've been in dry dock for years. You've, had, you've been able to take a look at them, and you use all those original components, all the nails, all the... The, the rivets and rings and sails and everything, and you put it back together, which one is the ship
2: of Theseus? Ooh.
1: But I think that the point that it's making, maybe, is that it's not about the physical attributes and the hardware. It's about the sentimental value that we assign to things.
0: Maybe so. And is there a point where the... The, the ship that's in the harbor ceases to be the ship of Theseus because you've removed so many of the original parts, especially if you could rebuild the ship with the original parts because you've completely replaced everything. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting hmm. uh, thought experience. Well,
1: lucky for you, Theseus is called in today. Theseus, what do you have to say?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, first time caller, long time listener. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's from Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, he uh, <laughs> did not sound like a Greek corporation. I got
0: this ship. Look, it's just been a pain in my backside forever. Stop I've replaced, asking
1: me about it.
0: I've replaced so many parts. Go down to Home Depot twice a day.
1: No, I think that that's interesting. I think that that is an interesting idea, um, and it makes you think about restoration differently. And I know, like, it's it's... It makes it easier for us to wrap our minds around it when we're comparing it to furniture mm-hmm. or things like a ship or whatever because we understand physical objects and we don't understand spiritual (laughs) restoration at all. At least I don't. I can't speak for everybody. Maybe somebody does a hundred percent understand spiritual restoration.
0: Yeah. and I can can verify that she doesn't understand because I basically asked her to explain it to me in her email and she's like, here's just a bunch of questions I'm going to go over. Yeah.
1: I was like, (laughs) that's what I'm asking you. (laughs) So, okay. Let me, let me, uh, talk about restoration from a biblical perspective for a little bit. Yes. Okay? Because this is what I tried to explain to you, and I did a horrible job of because (laughs) I don't understand it. Okay. Uh, So I found this on a website. Yay. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) go internet. Yes. Um, So this is just a blogger's interpretation of restoration from the Bible, Um, but it says... In the Bible, restoration is always in abundance. When something is restored, it is always better than it was to begin with. God's promise to us is a better way, a better life, a better future for ourselves and our loved ones. Um so maybe in the biblical definition, the new ship is Theseus's ship because it's better than it was before. Yeah, with new technology and better quality workmanship and products, and I don't know how yeah. to build a ship better. Yeah, indoor plumbing we got this better time. Glue.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they glued it together, but yeah. you know, you never know.
1: But this idea that um, restoration from God is abundance. And so I was thinking about that and thinking about some moments in my life that I have felt restored. And I feel like you can only feel restored when you're looking back. Like in the midst of something, when you're going through that, Trial or trying time or trauma, whatever the three T's. Right. (laughs) When you're going through that, you can't unless you're a very special kind of person, like a Buddhist monk or something. um, You can't see the restoration happening because you're just so overcome by the grief of what you're experiencing, and uh, for something to be restored, it. Has to be broken to some extent, or worn down, or or yeah. weathered. We don't really talk about restoring a brand new couch that you just bought.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like um, you know, say that you have like a any kind of a a medical need or a medical condition that would require surgery. Mm-hmm. Y- you have, you know, maybe this this thing inside you. Maybe it's like a a a piece of bone or cartilage that's come on set or you know, anything like that, they're going to have to cut into you, which in and of itself is an injury. Uh, And so that's obviously, you know, the medical community has worked for decades, centuries, millennia, however long to create the most minimally invasive way to do that. But even in that sense, under all of that watchful eye, there has to be additional injury, so sometimes to the point where you have to go through months of physical therapy mm-hmm. to fix something that was, you know, ostensibly fine before, or maybe never, it was never okay. And so, yeah, I think that it would be, I think that it would, uh, th- when you say that, it just makes me think of like, oh, I'll, I'll forego the anesthesia, just, yeah. Stab it right here and do what you need to do. And it's I'll, fine. It's no, don't I've got worry a about it. i high pain tolerance. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, I don't know if I like that analogy as much as the ship one because. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, can because... we just? Can you just wind the tape back, please?
1: No, because um, <laughs> when I think of like, I want, or maybe I don't like it because it makes me sad. But like restoration, I feel like it should be somewhat better than it was before. And like in terms of surgery and injury, you might never be anywhere near what you were before. You, you might never
0: be, or it might be better than it yeah, ever I was. Guess, I guess. I, I, uh, we have a friend and she had uh, very strangely at a young age uh, gotten hip dysplasia and maybe it's not better than it ever was. But she had her entire hip joint replaced, uh, you know, in, in her 40s, which is very early. And uh, it's better than she can remember it ever. Yeah. And so, you know, from that standpoint, maybe I was a little, you know, may, maybe there aren't as a many positive, with may, that. maybe there wasn't as many uh, positive medical outcomes as I was imagining. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I can cherry pick some.
1: Yeah, fine. This is going well. Um, so, no. Can we
0: just wind just wind that back? We'll start over.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. Um, Aaron is pointing to the back of the room like he's directing somebody to do something. Is there
0: not somebody? There by- is
1: nobody back there. Oh, my. It is the two of us sitting at this table. Nobody's running the show here. Forgive me. No one is steering the ship. Yes. Theseus's ship.
0: Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> oh. Never mind.
1: It's okay. Apology accepted. <laughs> so, when I think of uh, personal stories of restoration in my life, I think about I started to bring this up before the podcast and Aaron was like, "Uh shouldn't we be rolling?" I was like, save, "Shut
0: it shut it down.
1: Save it for the podcast. I don't want
0: to hear this mess." Yeah.
1: I don't want to hear your story. Of <laughs> I started opening up about, like, my divorce and how I felt restored, and it was, like, such a tough time and oh blah, blah, blah. And he was like, why are you telling me this? I know.
0: It was like like seven Wait. or eight seconds. I'm like, okay. It's, I get like, it. Like,
1: shouldn't you be recording this right now?
0: <laughs> yes, I was like, we need um, to save it for the podcast.
1: No, but... My divorce, which I've very openly talked about, probably y'all are tired of hearing about it, but it is the most defining moment in my life, and yeah. I have the microphone, so I'm going to continue to talk about it. There you go. Um. So when I was going through my divorce, there was no restoration in sight for me. Um, I felt like a victim. I felt like... Um, I couldn't see my future. I mm. I didn't know. I felt like a nomad. I didn't have a place to stay. I was living with my parents. Like, I, um, it just felt like everything was falling apart around me, and I didn't know who I was without being Mrs. Fill in the Blank. Um, I'm very careful about not mentioning names.
0: Oh, that's not, that's not your former no, last name? No, no, that's, that's not. That's very unique.
1: <laughs> Alyssa, fill in the blank. <laughs> um... But looking back on the experience and um, seeing the way that my life is now, I'm happier than I've ever been. I feel more independent and centered in who I am than I've ever felt before. Um, And I can see how God restored me through that process. And I don't look the same as I did before i got married at the age of 27 um or 28 <laughs> however old i was before oh. i got married i don't look the same um i would not have imagined that my life would look anything like this if you had asked me 5 years ago what my future looked like uh but that's why i was kind of emphasizing like taking the history and sentiment with you because i can honestly say I wouldn't change a single thing about my life up until this point because it's made me who I am mm-hmm. and I really like who I am. And um, I think that's also part of the restoration is realizing like I'm not perfect. I am i haven't figured it all out and I've got my own metaphorical s- scars mm-hmm. um, that I'm carrying with me. And uh but I do think that abundance has come out of this, of I feel um more spiritually connected, more in tune with myself than I ever have in my life, which might be weird for our listeners to hear because I'm very much at a point in my faith of deconstruction. Um But that's also a big part of my spirituality and my spiritual journey is doing that deconstruction work and figuring out what do I really believe? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the restoration process as well, that is just constantly moving and working. I don't know. So that's what I was thinking of when I think restoration of like, okay, I can can see an example in my life of restoration that has happened and continues because of one moment of he walked out the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just.
1: It wasn't. It was a lot
0: yeah. of different moments. <laughs> it was a lot of moments. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was the biggest one, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: What about you? Do you have any yeah. personal stories of restoration that you. Um,
0: yes. I mean, I think. Um, I think for me, you know, it's probably been over the last three. Last three years, you know they've been pretty difficult. Um, and I've dealt a lot with, uh, uh depression, um, you know, even thoughts of self harm and stuff like that, which I didn't really even identify that that's what it was at first. Um, partially because I do deal with a lot of just intrusive thoughts naturally. So my brain is just always like, you know, it's like, I need to, you know, I need to finish this spreadsheet mm-hmm. and then three seconds later it's like what what would a squirrel on a unicycle look like if it was juggling
1: mm-hmm. and you're like that was a weird one and then the next one comes right out. and so yeah.
0: and so um you know just trigger warning or if you are a, a, you know a little bit nervous that uh, you know i would just be there and i am like oh man i'm i'm sad i don't really know what to do maybe i shouldn't exist mm. And then something else pops up and it just, uh, it, it keeps going. And then, you know, you, you start working through that kind of stuff and they're and they're like, yeah, that's probably not a normal, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well <laughs> yeah. I have tons of not normal thoughts. So maybe
1: <laughs> I had, I had thoughts like that when I was going through the divorce and yeah. it's, it's not as intense as saying you're suicidal.
0: Right. Yeah. But
1: I did have those times when I was driving home that I was like, you know, if I just got into a car accident and everything ended, that'd be okay.
0: Yeah, I know. And that's that's kind of hard to even reconcile on its own. And so, um, you know, for me going through uh, and I've been through therapy before in my life, you know, a few times and some of it's been more occupational style therapy or, or behavioral therapy to try to fix some of the, you know, some of the habitual things or lack of habitual things with ADHD, some of the normal things. And, th- but this is just, you know, in the last two years, it's just been like, your brain broke yeah. and how do you, how do you get back to, how do you get back to, or in this case, better than mm-hmm. the way you were before? And one of the interesting things is to actually bring this to a point of restoration, because I know it sounds kind of dark but um well, i
1: think restoration is dark it's it, dark it, it def- work
0: it definitely can not be. not
1: furniture restoration but soul restoration well you know if you
0: go with like a walnut stain yeah. that's pretty dark
1: ebony is yeah yeah very yeah. dark mm-hmm. yeah
0: definitely um if you're not into that you want to stay more to the oak and the maple lighter, side the yeah side for of sure maybe maybe cherry wood is as far as you're gonna go and that's okay mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. no it's okay to go dark <laughs>
0: Well, to, to, to bring it back to more of where I am now, one of the, one of the amazing things about the, the restoration part of this process for me is understanding that there were so many attributes that I had thrown upon, um, you know, either being a creative free spirit or being ADHD, that this is just part of my personality. And then when I start working through it, it's like no, 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 this is just hardcore ingrained anxiety mm. that you've had since you were a tiny kid. And, and it's just like, learned
1: to work around or cope oh, with.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, and just being like, oh, okay, wait a second. And now, like, being able to identify that and just be like, hey, you know what? Uh, me, me missing this thing really materially doesn't make any difference in my mm-hmm. life. And uh, me wanting to please people and never saying no uh, is, is causing me anxiety. And then that anxiety, coupled with maybe missing deadlines, maybe mm-hmm. coupled with guilt on that, coupled with me not communicating with them because I have all this shame, is, is worse than if I just said, I, I can't do that for you. I can't help you with that mm-hmm. thing. It's really difficult to to kind of go through and unlearn that that natural response that I've built up over four decades of my life. You so know.
1: you think that this this so is therapy what's helping you uncover all of that?
0: therapy is a, is a big part. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of actually independent learning the The amazing thing is we know so much more about. Um, any of these kind of spectrum disorders, then any of the neurotypical or non-neurotypical spectrum, which is ADHD, bipolar, autism, Asperger's, and then uh, the, the comorbidities with those with anxiety and everything like that. And I'm not trying to turn this podcast into that specifically, but there, I mean, it's been therapy, it's been medication, it's been independent mm-hmm. research. It's been a lot of me just asking myself, like, when I do have... A an an internally negative response. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. And um, you know, I think a a a lot of it too is has been going through the deconstruction process as well, and um, you know, kind of kind of relearning that maybe um maybe the image of God that I had was a little bit more overbearing. Than, than it really is supposed to be. And some of that might be, this is no shade to anybody, but some of that might be growing up Baptist. Some of that just might be my own personal interpretation and dealing with rejection sensitivity and things like that. That just literally might be how I interpreted the, 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 the image of God in yeah. my life and how I interacted with that. But, um, and I, you know, I've had friends and family praying for me and walking me through so many things. And so it's been a big group effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not just those things, but um, I, I can say with, with, at least with therapy, because I am and have always been completely flummoxed by the negative viewpoint of, of being in therapy. It's like, therapy is is a great tool Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you're crazy it means that like you literally might be too close to something to see Mm -hmm. how to fix it Yeah. so um but you know I think I think the thing with with therapy and attacking this specifically because it had gotten so bad has given me things to work on pragmatically and uh I've 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 had a, a lot of, um, you know, you should pray on this or I'll pray for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't devalue that at all. Uh, I, I really, really don't. I, I can say, though, that, um, you know, it, it's, it's almost given me some tangible things that it's like, okay, what if I, what if I now just immediately identify this behavior and do something different? Mm-hmm. And that's been incredibly helpful as well, as well as all the other stuff.
1: Well, and as you were sharing all of this, the thought occurred to me when we're trying to, and you bringing up the image of God and connecting into this spiritually,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think that when, the reason that restoration is such a difficult topic for us to wrap our head around is because... Um, the easy marketing christianity that we've been raised in okay uh tells us just wait just and everything will work out like yeah. just sit and be present with god and everything will work out have hope have you know send prayers up and blessings come down and all mm-hmm. of that stuff which um you know we did Doug and I did a whole separate episode on prayer and and our thoughts on that. But um, I think that what really stood out to me is all of the hard work that you've been putting in. And it's not just one thing. I was like, well, is it therapy that's doing it? You're like, well, yeah, that and medication and <laughs> well, research. I didn't mean it like that. And <laughs> talking to people yeah. and recognizing when my behavior is not healthy and, yeah. and, 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 and all of this work that you've had to do. And it makes me think about, so what we're doing right now as we're walking through Lent is we are literally week by week walking through the Passion of the Christ, Mm -hmm. and this past week uh, we started with the Last Supper, and then we're going, like, and that's the starting point. And so for six weeks up until Easter, we are going through the last 24 hours of Jesus's life, and... I doubt that Jesus's mind was like, just wait, just wait. Yeah. And this will pass. And no, he had to be an active participant in the most torturous and uh, horrible experience that any of us can imagine. Yeah. And there was no opportunity to just say, okay, I'm going to wait for this to be over and get to the good part. Right. Because the really hard truth is that it doesn't just go away like uh, your mental health doesn't just miraculously improve if you wait long enough Right. You're my going through my divorce. It wasn't just like, okay. And in the beginning I tried to do that. I was like, okay, just wait it out. He'll come back. Yeah. He'll, you know, all of these things. And then I realized, oh man, I have to work on myself. And that's when I started doing therapy and I started doing research and I started looking into like, how am I going to support myself? And what does my future look like? And, you know, all of these things, it was a lot of really hard work to get yeah. through it. And it wasn't just sitting and waiting of like, okay, when will this be over?
0: Yeah. And I I think, you know, there are, there are a lot of times that that's just human nature. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, when I started, I, I think the thing that started with me was kind of just the, the imposter syndrome of, of where I was at that time in my life and having that kind of like slowly creep in. Just being like, okay, well, once, once this phase of my job experience changes, it'll be fine. And then it changes, but not in the way that you hope. And then there's just this, like, you, 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 don't, you don't really feel it because, you know, when, when, when you started going downhill, it was just a little bit. There was just a little bit of speed and a little bit of a grade, but the more, like, uh, like exponential that that fall off is you don't necessarily realize it until you're already going way too fast Mm -hmm. or it's the you know the 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 frog on the skillet you know concept if you drop him on there he'll hop off but if you turn it on and also who figured that out
1: the the people who boil frogs
0: yeah frog
1: legs is yummy I mean, frog legs are delicious, and somebody's got to cook them, okay. and they got to figure out how to cook those frogs.
0: I, uh, I I was really into the Muppets when I was a little kid, so I'm
1: sorry. And
0: also now, um, <laughs> so does it
1: help that Kermit looks nothing like any frog I've ever seen? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't accept your slander. Okay. And no, it's <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. He's not he's not real. Yeah. I keep telling myself. No,
1: but that actually makes me think of I. Love documentaries. I watch all of them, especially the murder ones. But this one's not a murder one. Um, I watched a National Geographic documentary on Pompeii and the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. And we think of that in history as like massive explosion, lava everywhere, instant death for everybody in the city. Like that's how I always thought of it. And then I watched this documentary and I learned, no, this was a full week long process. Mm -hmm. The volcano exploded and people were like, oh, look at that. Hmm. Uh Some people, and then ash started to come down the mountain and ash filled the air. And some people, when the ash started coming in and they started having trouble breathing, they were like, "Uh uh-oh, we should leave. But it was a very small number of people who actually left. Uh And everyone else, like you said, it's human nature to just stay where you are, stay where you're safe and comfortable and wait until the absolute last minute of like, oh, now I have to leave. Well, by the time people decided, now it's time for me to go, there was so much ash and soot in the air, they couldn't see. Yeah. And then it was just like a slow, painful death for people just being swallowed by volcanic ash and lava that took like somewhere between five and seven days to actually reach the city of Pompeii from Mount Vesuvius. And so like... That just blew my mind, and how often do we do that figuratively and, you know, literally when we think of, like, natural disasters of you're being told to evacuate, and so many people are like, nah, I think I'm good, like, I'll wait it out, Yeah. because that's where we feel comfortable and safe.
0: You know, my dad used to live in Florida. They have hurricanes down there a ton, Mm -hmm. and there are people who are just like, well, I I got everything I need, so I'm just going to hunker down here. And sometimes...
1: Sometimes it works. That's a great strategy. Yeah.
0: And then sometimes you have a lot more work to do if, mm. if you wait that long and then you have a problem. So.
1: Yeah. Well, so the, the point that I was trying to make with that is that we can't just sit and wait for restoration to happen on... It. It's almost like we can't passively expect restoration to happen to us. We yeah. have to... Be a part of it um
0: or and i do I do want to add to that because I do agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. this is not in this is not an an either or this is an an and situation but uh, I wish
1: you would disagree with me because I love a good debate
0: okay well i I'll disagree with you on something else um there is somebody sitting over there <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah. They're, just because it's fresh on my mind, uh, that really depends on how you define it. I think that there are a lot of people out there that are in their situation that have, they're like, I understand. I have no idea where to go or what to do or how yeah. to start yeah and so it, it does sometimes it does seem a little bit overwhelming when somebody says you can't just sit there and wait for yeah. it to happen.
1: I definitely don't want to be endorsing right. the pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality right. like that's not what i'm saying there's there's no yeah.
0: bootstraps, but uh the 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 only thing that I can say is ever your responsibility is to acknowledge at some point that you need help
1: mm. yeah
0: if you can do that uh then that's, that's your first step. Yeah. And then there's somebody or something that can help you. And that, that can be God, that can be your, your spouse, your next door neighbor, your mom, your dad, your best friend, a beloved pet, a house plant. I don't know what it is, but there's, as long as you can say, Hey, I think, I think this is enough. Mm-hmm. I think I need to figure out something else. You don't necessarily have to figure that out what that next thing is just figure out that first thing that, you know, that you need some kind of assistance.
1: So now that we're experts in restoration
0: done, where's my certificate?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'll print it for you. Um, (laughs) Where would you like to see restoration in the world, in the church, in your personal life? Like where are you hoping to see some restoration happen?
0: That's a, that's a really good question to which I have many more answers than I think. It's we, an unfair question. We could take time. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously right now the, the, the people of Ukraine are absolutely uh, on my heart. I think that that's a, a, an absolutely terrible situation. Um, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and walk with a close friend of mine at like 5 in the morning. And it's going to be 30 degrees it's going to be incredibly cold and I don't want to get up and do it and I'm going to do it. And anytime I do that and it's bitter cold outside, I always think of the homeless population in this area mm-hmm. because I get to put on my thermals and then my sweats and then my nice comfy jacket, And you
1: know, it's temporary you and have I, somewhere to go. I'm yeah. only
0: going to be out there for an hour walking around yeah. chatting with a friend and then I'm going to go home and get warm and eat food and go about my day. And so, um, you know, there, there are so many places. Um, and again, this, you know, a part of this func- filters into me being an anxious person. Being anxious and empathetic is a lot to kind of balance. That's too much. Um, <laughs> it's not too much, but it's. The it's, best
1: is not being anxious or empathetic.
0: You could do that too. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, that's a, that's, uh, I strive for that some yeah. days. Uh, I, there are many times where I am, I've got to like be like, Hey, that's not my problem. Yeah. Uh, but then I immediately acknowledge it's somebody else's problem. And why do they have that problem? And I don't have that problem. And oh, that my gosh. Like a- I,
1: so there is a word that I don't know um, <laughs> <laughs> that I can't think. It's an, it's an actual word. I have no idea what it is. But the definition of the word is the feeling of wanting to care less. Mm. And I feel that all the time of like, I see brokenness in the world around me and uh, so many people being hurt and whether it's for their sexual and gender identity, whether their Mm -hmm. country is literally being attacked and they're displaced, whether they feel like the system has failed them. um, There's so many ways in which we are broken. And even in just being able to have conversations with each other when we disagree, we're broken. And I see things like this happening constantly and that I know that it's outside of my control and there's nothing that I as an individual necessarily can do to fix those things. But I care so deeply about them that I'm just kind of at a point of like, okay, what do I do with all these feelings of like caring for others and feeling helpless and incapable of changing anything?
0: Yeah. I remember the word for that. It's Prozac.
1: No (laughs) way. I should just go to the doctor and be like, yes, I'd really like to care less. <laughs> yeah. I've heard um, that uh, you have medication for that.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah. They definitely do. Yeah. Now- I wouldn't
1: call it, ang- well, maybe it is a form of anxiety, um, but it's like desperately wanting restoration in mm-hmm. the world. And I think that that's part of like where the spiritual meets the, the physical of like, trusting that god is the god of restoration mm-hmm. and it's just not happening the way that i want it to happen or as quickly as i want it to happen mm-hmm. but that's a lot of hope and trust to put into
0: it is god it is yeah it's it's a lot of hope and trust to put into anything you know it's it's difficult it, it to me and you guys might be different you know, I have, have grown up with the concept of giving things to God. You just need to give it to God. You need mm-hmm. to give it to God. And even at, I'll be honest, even at 43, I don't know what that looks like. Me either. I'd...
1: I mean, I'm only 33, so.
0: Wow. You. <laughs> so ageist.
1: <laughs> so you've had a little bit more time to figure it out. I don't know why you haven't really yeah. clicked in there.
0: Uh, Uh, yeah, because, uh, because it's, uh, to me, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things. I don't know, this might be my personality and you guys, again, you know, comment, do, do whatever. And, and let me know, like, if you've experienced like a breakthrough in actually giving it to God. But when I talk to people about it, it's just like, well, you just pray about it and then, you let it go and you give it to God. And it's like, okay, step one, pray about it. That totally makes 100% sense. And then just, and then... And
2: then
1: you can just like take it and like put it, you can... I don't know. Like, yeah. Cause you can feel that weight in your chest. I feel it right. right now. Like thinking, just bringing up all of the brokenness I see in the world. Right. I feel this weight in my chest. And so they're and like, I'm well, like... if
0: you, if you feel that, then you, you, you didn't give it to God. And it's like, no, I, that's fine. And it's like, well, then you don't fully trust. And it's like, I don't know that that's fair either because like I, I've had, I'm, I'm 43. I've had no plan this entire time. You guys, mm. none, uh, that's not what I do. I'm not a planner.
1: Yeah. That's why you married a planner. <laughs> Everybody
0: in my life will vouch for me on that, uh, on that point. Literally every human that has met me for more than yeah. 45 minutes, uh, will vouch for me on that point.
1: But that's what I like about you. I text you and I'm like, Hey, you want to do a podcast? You're like, no, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Don't whatever. even look
1: at your calendar cause you don't have one.
0: <laughs> uh, my wife has one and she's like, did you put that on the calendar? And I'm like, nope. I, have, I did put some stuff on the calendar this week, so yeah. I'm trying. But so the, the concept of like giving something over to, 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 to God, it, 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 it kind of feels difficult for me to equate that to trust. Mm-hmm. There are people in my life that I trust to watch my child mm-hmm. that I won't let wind cables because they do it wrong. I I don't, and you know, say say what you will. I even my wife and I would both be honest enough with each other to say I don't trust you with everything. My wife has a huge long list of stuff that she can't trust me with because I'm crazy forgetful, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Uh, and then there are there are things that I you know wouldn't trust her with, yeah. and th- that's just kind of the division of of human interaction where it's like, oh, well, I'll take care of that. Just let yeah. me take care of that. Cause I know that that's hard for you. Let me, let me do that for you. You do this for me because I'm yeah. really bad at it and, yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. So it, I guess it's hard for me. I have a, an incredible imagination, but it's also very difficult for me to, to then not take that thing that I'm supposed to entrust to God and just put it in a little glass box and put it up on the shelf. I can't touch the thing anymore. It's in that glass box. Yeah.
1: Well, let me, but it's,
0: it's not gone. It's not there. I want to talk
1: about Jesus for a second. Do it. Which is like, I don't always say that. So (laughs) it's,
0: it's the first time you've said it on this podcast.
1: I want to talk about Jesus. Let's do it. So, first of all, the starting with the garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is praying basically and saying, God, please don't make me do this. Like, please, what he says is, please take this cup from me. Mm -hmm. But if this is your will, so be it. Mm -hmm. Um, now what I really wish that's all we know, and then it starts going into all of the events of the crucifixion and the, the arrest and the, you know, trial and the torture and then all eventually leading up to this crucifixion. What I really wish is that we got insight into the inner monologue of Jesus during that yeah. time, because when... when because I grew up with the mentality, and I was also told constantly, just give it up to God, give it up to yeah. God. And a lot of people would argue that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane was Jesus giving it up to God, saying, "I don't want to do this, but if you want me to do this, then so be it." Um, but I, can I don't... absolutely see that. Yeah, but what the way that I interpret their feelings on that is, oh, when you give it up to God, you don't have to feel it anymore. Yeah, and, and I disagree with that entirely. And I wish that we could know all of the emotions that Jesus was feeling during that time of like, I can't imagine that he was like, okay, so be it. And then he just detached himself from his feelings until he was hanging on the cross. yeah, Like that can't be true. And so I don't think that giving it up to God means putting it in the little glass box and not interacting with it, not caring about it, not having feelings about it. Well, I can't
0: not care about it. I just see it up there all the time yeah, and it just, it, it eats away with me until the situation changes. All
1: that to say is I also don't know what giving it up to God means. Um, It, it, because I don't know if we have an example of that.
0: That's, that's, that's my thing. I, I've never in, in my life had it explained in a way that it's, that it's made sense to me. And I've heard that phrase used in ways that make me terribly uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, uh, after, uh, after a good friend's sexual assault, after uh, another couple that I knew just barely lost a child. Yeah. And it's like, n- yeah, no, they can't right now. The, the, like literally the, 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 or the, ever, maybe not ever, ever. Like the, 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 the confines of the, uh, of, of human emotion, I don't think allow you because mm-hmm. if you do just, Instantly, that's almost like what, like a fugue state or whatever it's called, where you're just like, I, I don't acknowledge that this happens to me at all. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a defense mechanism of your brain. And so, you know, I agree. I don't, I don't, I have not seen a, a perfect example of that. And, uh, when I've seen people who are like, well, I just gave it to God and then they walked away I've tried to do that and maybe it's my 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 personality like, but I can't I cannot do that.
1: I just don't feel like when someone says that I don't think we're hearing the whole story because I'm sure there is a lot more pain and suffering that came with that than I I just can't imagine somebody would just be able to be like, "Yep, gave it up to God and moved on." I was like, "Well, now you're talking to us about it <laughs> in hindsight and so it's a little bit easier to like see the you know, Pollyanna side of the story when you've already made it through. Yeah. But um, no, so back to, to restoration, all of those feelings and emotions, that's how I see restoration is like you're gathering all of that up and you're bringing it with you mm-hmm. to whatever is next. And maybe there's something about like sharing it with God or yeah. like letting God that makes sense. share the load, the burden with you, um, that does make more sense to me.
0: Well, it's like, it's, um,
1: knowing that you're not alone.
0: Exa- like in, in, in my life, like, and maybe this is what people mean. Maybe I, I do know how to do it. And just the, the terminology has never made sense or the fact that it's not an instantaneous thing for me. Yeah but you know for me it's been just like i said back with the mental health stuff it's when i have taken things to god and i kind of examine them through prayer with him and look at them going back to the sled if i were to pull it apart it's not just like screws and and wood and metal like there's like rivets that i've i've never i've never riveted metal before uh uh and so, you know, I wouldn't trust myself to go through and do that on my own. But if I had, you know, my, my dad or my stepdad there who have worked on, on things a little bit more. And they
1: also have an emotional attachment to this particular item. So you'll know they'll handle with care and respect. Well, yes, that's, yeah.
0: that, that's true as well. You know, maybe if I was sitting down with them and going through it, I, when I like, okay, I'm, when we pull this rivet, like, how do we get it back together? And they'll be like, oh, well, that's a, that's a quarter-inch snap rivet, and you're just going to need this tool in it. It's like, oh... Oh, well, I, that was okay.
1: That whole phrase was meaningless to me, but no, I, no, trust I, you, I trust you. I trust I, you.
0: I don't know that that's a real thing. I was just, <laughs> I, I, I've, nev- I've still never riveted because I don't, I don't do that. Um,
1: well, you are riveting, so.
0: That is also not true, um, but thank you. But so maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's just that, that careful consideration, but it's never been like this, you know, I just say, I give it to you, Lord, and then butterflies fly out of my mouth and mm. everything's great and the sun starts I shining.
1: Like, Mariposa. <laughs> I love Encanto.
0: Encanto is great. And I'm just
1: like seeing this butterfly explosion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But that's kind of what I like about what we're doing during Lent at this church with restoration is, and I know it's a very traditionalist, like. Uh, stations of the cross sort of thing of Mm -hmm. like walking through all of the... But I don't think that at least since I've been working here and any church that I've been a part of, I don't know if I've ever spent the full six weeks of Lent on Jesus's final days. Yeah. Like normally you wait until Holy Week Mm
0: -hmm. to do
1: all of that work.
0: It's a little uncomfortable.
1: It is. It's I think extremely that that's why. uncomfortable. And I think that that's the importance of restoration is like it's get comfortable with the discomfort.
0: Right. It's kind of like restoration is uncomfortable. It is. Yeah. It's not comfortable for the sled when you pull it all apart. No. No.
1: And sometimes maybe at some point you're pull it all apart and then you have instant regret of like, oh, I'm never going to be able to get this back together.
0: I've done like, that before as well. It's easier
1: to take things apart than it is to <laughs> put them back together.
0: It is. That goes for relationships too. I've, yeah. I've absolutely been in a situation where that's it. You yeah. know, you, 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 you pull the thread and, and the, the whole thing unravels and it, did, it didn't go the way that you thought it, that it was going to go.
1: Yeah. And so we're taking a full six weeks to pull this thing apart piece by piece by piece to where we actually have to sit in the discomfort of what Jesus had to experience. And it's not just a flash in the pan of like Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter, which a lot of people don't even go to those services. They just show up for Easter, which... If that's what you're going to come to, that's what you're going to come to. But sure. um, there are a lot of people who go to church on Sundays, but wouldn't have gone to a Holy Week service. And mm-hmm. now we're sitting in, in the full um, trauma of Jesus's final days. And, um, but restoration is hopeful. You know, I know it's sounding yeah. like really sad right now, but like we have to sit in this dark time to get to the hope
0: yeah yeah i I think that Maybe there's a point where you know the 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 expectation, the, the hope of it, the expectation of things to be uh, restored or alleviated or lightened, whatever that is in, in your particular situation, you know, I, I'm sure that it does. Feel dark, and it, I know that that it does feel dark to go through the stations of the cross in that way, but also I'm talking more out of my my newfound kind of uh, untying my anxiety with that. There's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of guilt and shame that I've had with that in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now what I'm trying to do in untying that is realizing that the, the my guilt and shame in that, maybe that darkness in that, um, in my personal mind, this is just me. I'm not putting this on anybody else. It maybe devalued the gift mm-hmm. that it was because I'm making it more about how I feel. Yeah. and. I'm not trying to invalidate the way I feel, but I'm. There are also unhealthy feelings that you can have, yeah. or or just non-constructive feelings. Uh, maybe they are destructive. Maybe they're benign. But like that is such a gift, and I, I think. Well, the,
1: and there's a difference between darkness and a black hole.
0: Oh yeah. Shame
1: <laughs> is a, shame is a black hole. Yeah. That it is. Um, it's hard to build on it. Yeah. It just destroys everything,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure, but I think like if 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 we had uh if we were to take somebody that lost their life in the course of protecting somebody else, mm-hmm. we would be sad that they were gone, but there would be this sense of what a heroic mm-hmm. thing, what a uh, a selfless act that was, and and um we would. We would elevate them, put them on a pedestal, unfortunately, sometimes deify them, uh, because that, that is how we should maybe look at the restoration of Jesus' actions on the cross, is that brought us there. And for me, maybe it shouldn't be about um, that that exists to, to shine a light on how unworthy you are. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody, Jumps in front of the gun for you, you're clearly not unworthy. Yeah. They wouldn't be like, oh, no, I'm not going to jump in front. I yeah. gonna take a bullet for that guy, kind of a thing. Maybe, maybe instead of you feeling guilt or shame or bad or anxious or whatever that is uh, about that, um, maybe you uh, feel treasured yeah. or worthy or.
1: Isn't that interesting that like, if you think of it, I really like the way that you put that. If you think of it that way of like, why would Jesus do it if you weren't worth it? Exactly. And for it to be, because I think that we do kind of turn Lent into like this event where we're just supposed to feel so bad bad and terrible and we're sinful and, you know, all of these things of like just dragging ourselves through the dirt, but yay, Jesus saved us, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Just tack that onto the end. cool now. (laughs) Make sure that, yeah. Um, But no, to think of that, like how much I am loved and how worthy I am um, for this to be done for me is, Mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds like restoration.
0: Did we figure it out? I think
1: we did. I think we oh solved my restoration. Gosh.
0: Can you run that? B- oh, <laughs> there's still nobody over there. I'm so sorry.
1: No, I, I, and honestly, I think that's a good way to end it. Um, so, and it, it makes me think of you know when you were talking about length of time that restoration takes. Uh, you may not know this, it it just started this week, but once a week we're releasing in our blog post a story of restoration from one of our congregants. And they talk about like the darkness that they've gone through and how the, the light has come at the end. And for some people's stories, um, it was a limited point of time that they went through and then they they're on the other side of it. And maybe it was a five year span for someone else there shared a story of like, it was a 25 year darkness that they were going through of like, there was an event that happened, um, that, takes them, you know, 25 years. And then I have another story that's been shared where she is in the midst of it right now. And she sees God's restoration at work, but hasn't crossed the finish line. And she doesn't know if she ever will. She might not live to see the restoration and hope that she wants to see happen in her family. And there's just all of these beautiful stories. And so I say all that to say, I'd like to invite our listeners to go to tmumc.org slash stories Um, if you want to read some of these additional stories of uh, restoration, both from our congregants and our pastors are sharing some of their stories as well. Um, But let's uh, see our worth and our value and how loved we are in the restoration work that is constantly being done in each of us individually and in the world around us.